a playlist original. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Back to the Blockbuster with your hosts, Gaius and Jackson. How's it going, buddy? Oh, another fantastic week down. And man, did we ever have a busy week movie news wise? <laughs> it's Everyone over in Hollywood and abroad was constantly giving us some new material to chat about today. So there's always happy to check in and discuss yeah. that stuff with you. It's been a good week, though. Great weather over here. How about yeah. yourself? We actually had decent. Well, yeah, you know, what? I'll, I'll say it was decent weather. We went to the beach on Saturday. Okay. It got kind of cold, though. Like it was nice in the beginning and then it got gloomy. Right. And and that's when I like tapped out. I was like, yeah, my friends. <laughs> was meeting me at like the bar that was like up the street i was like my friend's here i'm gonna go meet him it was a perfect excuse to leave the like cold a little bit but then i brought a change of clothes to my friend's house and she didn't end up leaving the beach right away so i was still in shorts and a t-shirt <laughs> and i never made it i never made it back to her her house to change either i was like fuck it i'll just i'll just deal with it but it was a good weekend we we did the beach thing like owen and, and some of our other friends were like in a volleyball class and they've been doing that like on Saturday mornings. Oh, they, they, volleyball. Nice. And, and then they go, they go and play like themselves, like lately on the beach. So that's been kind of fun. Cool. And uh, yeah, Friday was a normal fun day. Owen actually worked the, the door at a bar that we go to him and had beach. He does it every now and then as a favor to one of our friends. Oh, cool. <laughs> so I didn't know he was going to be working when I walked, they were having some like bumble event at the bar for the dating app. And I walked in. Okay, like, that's what I, I was wondering if that's what you meant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I walked in ready to like hand my ID to a stranger, and I was like, "Oh, well, you don't need to give me my ID. What's up?" <laughs> <laughs> that's but, cool. But yeah, that was fun. And then we all cut a few of us did like Easter together yesterday because like my family doesn't really do nice the Easter. That's the only holiday they don't really like go all out for and bake food for and, okay. and, and, and want to be together. <laughs> so we right. we did it with friends, and it was fun. We laughed like a bunch of little idiots, and it was great. Good times. That's nice. That's what it's all about. My family isn't crazy on Easter either, mostly since like COVID. My like me and my parents were like some of the only like family members. Both of my parents are both from the same city. It's like an hour or so away. So we're the only like outsiders, if you will. And since COVID, like that's just been one of the holidays we don't like make the effort to go down and spend it with family. But I see them every Sunday. So it was just, you know, business as usual on Sunday. But man, it was like our first like t-shirt weather weekend here over in eastern Canada. So it was yeah, gorgeous this week's gonna be all double digits. Picture, yeah. I was like, it actually looks it, nice. It yeah. actually looks nice over there. Right Things now. are turning around. <laughs> Seasonal depression is going away for everybody. Everyone's out and about. It's just nice to see. So and with that, it's yeah, it just feels like a whole new start of the season. That's awesome. Yeah, we were uh yeah. we were we were saying over here because we've had that really weird like cold rain, hail, right. tor- tornado <laughs> uh weather that we hope we earned like, cause usually there's like June gloom and like May gray sometimes over here. Oh yeah. <laughs> and we feel like we've earned not having May gray or June gloom. Like let's have like Sounds it. beautiful May through like September, uh, sunny days and nice weather. That's that's what we're yeah. hoping for. Yo, the news day is so heavy. Like normally we go through our watches and stuff like that. Right. Um, and we definitely have some. No there's some in particular because we're actually recording two episodes today. But there's a lot to cover. And normally we won't skip the watches, but we're going to get right into it. I am going to mention one thing really, yeah. really quick because I yep. we mentioned the good pot stuff last week. It's been really, really good on that platform again this week. Woke up this morning to us being number one again on the film reviews chart. We fell to number two briefly 
and went back to number nice. one. And then I, when I originally checked it, we, it said that we were number two on the TV and film chart. And then I checked it again and we went up to number one on that. And then we were, uh, as far as the top 100 shows, any category, the highest that we got last week was 13, which is pretty amazing for is pretty any, any category. And then we had three episodes in our, in the top 100 episodes, uh, and including, uh, the spinoff as well. Like I love when like every part of the show is like doing well. So that, yeah, is, absolutely. that, that is actually still continuing to climb on that chart. And for some reason I messaged Jackson this over the weekend. I don't know if we should like thank Selena Gomez or whatever, but the Spring Breakers episode we did is still re doing really well on that platform. It's at number fourteen or fifteen right now. I feel like it. Damn. I feel like it, you know it. It's one of those things where they come out and they kind of go. They stick around for like a little bit, and then there's on to the next one. But that one is hanging in there, and I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a if she's constantly <laughs> trending, or maybe the episode's that good, or the movie did just HBO Max that could. Too, I don't. Oh, I remember that. Yes, that so could like, be a thing. Whatever the reason is, thank you all for listening to it and all the other episodes and just giving us a good look on that platform because it's been just a really good showcase for uh, independent podcasts and podcasters. And we're happy to uh, it certainly is be cranking out some good work that's actually doing well. So it makes yeah. us it makes it's, it like uh, more fun to do this, you know, every Monday. Totally, and happy to do it regardless. But it's nice to see you know that upward trajectory and nice to see those numbers moving around for us over here right. at the team it's great to see and of course definitely some due thanks to selena gomez for yeah, her uh, <laughs> perhaps her variable and yeah episode doing well it's just it's awesome so yeah thanks for listening guys as always with that being said like you mentioned we got a lot to get through so i'll let you lead us off and whatever you want to cover first you know what i'll just get uh, i'll get the star wars stuff out of the way since that was one of the last sure. things that kind of happened on I think it was Friday. There was a Star Wars celebration day in London. So a lot of this news hit fairly early in the morning. Like I woke up to it. Uh, so I'm going to preface this by saying that like, I love what they're doing with the TV shows still. Uh, I, even with this news, it's still hard for me to get hyped up for Star Wars movies. Right. I, okay. Looking back at it. So when I first saw The Force Awakens, I think it was because like the prequels other than Revenge of the Sith were so not that good that any right. little any little bit of like oh that was decent maybe think that the force awakens was like the best thing ever it also played on like the whole nostalgia of like this is basically like a new hope we're kind of just like doing that beat for beat to kind of get back into sure the thing. things so i still, I still think, yeah so i still think it's entertaining and it's fun the last yeah. jedi i didn't love and it's not because of ryan johnson or any of his choices it's just like it has pacing issues and some characters get sidelined that I wasn't too happy about. Like characters like, uh, you know, like John Biega's character, like seemed like he'd be more important in the force awakens and he gets sidelined mm -hmm. in the last Jedi and very much sidelined in the rise of Skywalker. And then with the rise of Skywalker, it was the problem <laughs> of like the problem of like JJ Abrams coming back and basically trying to fix what fans hated about the last Jedi while also trying to please like, every star wars fan in the process and again you get like a really muddled really confused not that good movie so that kind of shoehorned palpatine like there's a lot yeah, in that movie yeah. that just comes out of nowhere god yeah so it's not that good so imagine my surprise on um, part of the things on star wars day is and this is nothing against her because i think she's a pretty good actress and i actually don't mind the character i'm i just kind of thought that they were gonna 
when they were going to do more movies that they were just going to go fresh with all new characters people we've never seen before right but daisy ridley will be making a star wars return it has been announced that the actress will reprise her role as ray coming star wars movie directed by shameen obey chinoy and this was revealed during star wars celebration day stephen knight creator of pinky blinders wrote the script and this was the one the I guess the project that Damon Lindenoff was a part of and then he left. And then also with that news uh, is that Dave Filoni, who's part of the whole Mandalorian, like the TV side of things with John Favreau and James Maygold will helm the other two new movies in the franchise, one of which will be centered on the Dawn of the Jedi and the other on the New Republic. I like the James Maygold news, I guess. I like him as director. Yep. Yep. You know, he... he He's also potentially attached to Swamp Thing. We talked about that a, lot, like a while ago when that's right. the whole DC slate was announced. Um, and, I mean, we have to see what he does with Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Uh, you know, hopefully good things. But mm-hmm. as, when I heard the news, this part of the news I was fine with. I was like, all right, at least a good creative team behind yes. the scenes. That's that's cool. I just the Daisy Ridley attachment that you're I just don't, having. Yeah, I don't feel the like attachment to Ray where I need to see more of her like moving forward. I guess, and I, I I know like other people might feel differently, but I nothing and it has nothing to do with Daisy Ridley. I think she's good. I think she's a good actress. Right. But there's just nothing, nothing about that her. about that character that makes me want to go like I want to see like where she goes after the Rise of Skywalker. I was kind of done with it there. I guess. I couldn't I, wait. The third one couldn't end soon enough, if you ask me. Yeah. I couldn't wait to put that sequel series behind us. And a lot of people don't even consider it Star Wars canon. That's how contentious that series is. And like, yeah. I don't care enough about Star Wars to really like fall on one side or the other. I'll doubt I'll watch them again, but I didn't enjoy watching the last two in particular. If I know what you're saying, like I'm on your side with that 100%. Yeah. And it's interesting too, because like, I think for a lot of us growing up, some Star Wars news is very exciting right i mean like it's just like oh like yep. they're gonna and then i guess it got to a point i don't know if it's because you know i think it's a combination of two things i think some of the projects just weren't that good pointing to some of the movies i still maintain this i still think it's probably one of the most like toxic fandoms out there so it makes it hard to like really enjoy because i feel like even when they get something good they have something to say about it it's it's yes. just hard to have fun with it and I think, you know, it's thriving on TV. I get the need to like, you know, like, cause someone on, I forgot who was on Twitter. was like, you know, it, it feels weird up until this announcement, like living in an age where we weren't getting like a new Star Wars movie in, you know, in theaters. But like, there was a period where we didn't before. I mean, before the prequels, there was like a gap and like between yeah. Return of the yes. Jedi, between Return of the Jedi and the Phantom Menace. And, you know, a little bit of a gap between Revenge of the Sith and uh, Force Awakens, you know, I know, I yeah, I think fans definitely got spoiled because, you know, we were getting, like, Force Awakens and Rogue One and Last Jedi and Solo, if you want to count right. that, too. Right, Scott Walker, all yeah. pretty quickly, right? And then I think having them come out so fast kind of affected, like, the bottom line, though. Like, the quality kind of dipped because there was just more about, like, less... They all made money. I mean, that's the, the thing about it. Other right. than maybe Solo. Solo probably lost some money for them. It didn't do as well as they thought it was going to do. But... All the rest of them, no matter how the quality might have like kind of depreciated a bit, like they've all been like huge earners at the box office. So I get the point from like a business side of things. Right. I just I don't know. I feel like I I feel like my inner nerd should be more happy that we're getting like three more Star Wars movies, and I'm just not. 
<laughs> like I, I don't care. Well, I mean, I think... <laughs> like the only reason I'm like bringing it up here is because we have to, and it's news. <laughs> Absolutely, and it's like big, you know, cinematic news. Star Wars will, at least for the foreseen future, will be a huge IP that any development is going to, you know, uh, naturally just flow into the stuff that we sort of talk about. But like, I think that your and myself's kind of apathy towards this sort of news is like representative. We're definitely not the only people that are feeling this way. If you've like taken a look at Gander online, a lot of people just seem apathetic about this. I think a lot of people are surprised that they are sticking with the Ray storyline when it was just such a contentious end to that uh, sequel series. I, I, for one, agree with you. Like, there's just nothing beyond that last movie that I care to see go forward. And I, I think this is just another example of like Disney just not learning their lesson and doubling down in areas when they really should be taking a step back and thinking. What can we change here? What what direction can we go in to really, you know, get get back in our good graces? Right. Very a lot of people did not that that last movie did not have a great reception, nor did the second one in that series. So for them to double down and, and to continue going down this path to me is just huge oversight on Disney's behalf. And again, reflective of just some of their more mind-boggling just... creative decisions as of late. It's just I don't get it. Yeah, and I'm surprised. I mean, maybe I should be surprised because I'm sure she's going to get a hefty paycheck to come back. But, you know, it's right. a, I blame her. Well, I don't kind of remember. I know, I don't know if she got, well, you know, I think she did. I think just being like a female lead in, in that series and like, I'm sure she got some kind of toxic fandom on her in her own regard, playing that role. Oh yeah. So it's almost like, you know, why would you even want to come back? But I guess maybe they pitched her on something really good other than like a hefty paycheck. Think about I, what has she done since? Like she was she in the Death on the Nile or one of those movies? I feel like she was. Okay, I think she. Let me look her up because I, I had a few minutes. Like, I was wondering that too. Um, that's so, it was, oh, it was Murder on the Orient Express. She was in that. It was and, in that one. Oh, okay. yeah. So that was in 2017. So that was like after the Force Awakens. So even right. it came out. It came out the same year as the Last Jedi, and then she did something called Ophelia, and then she did a voice. <laughs> Peter, she did a voice in Peter Rabbit and okay oh she was in that chaos walking with tom holland that no one liked man yeah it had i mean yeah you're right you know so what else i mean well, i think this is just an opportunity for her to come back do something be attached to a massive ip earn some more money i don't blame her at all for wanting to come back to that for that reason because yeah. her career has not really gone very far post star wars prequel series you know what i mean the yeah. sequel series rather so yeah but no doubt probably a big decision i'm sure i can even just think firsthand of many comments and videos dedicated to how much people hated her movies you know what i mean and not necessarily yeah. her in it i don't think she does a bad job but a lot of the writing behind her character was very lackluster and naturally people are going to attribute that to to her she's the face of it so yeah. definitely a scary decision to come back i'm sure but uh we'll see what happens going forward i think it's interesting because john John Boyega, they asked him, would he ever want to come back? You know, he played Finn for everyone that doesn't know. Finn seemed like he was being set up in The Force Awakens to be much more, like, important than what he was. And mm -hmm. I'm sure they probably sold him on that. And then what he got in those other two movies probably wasn't <laughs> what he thought he was going to get. And I, and I honestly, that, right. that comes down to uh, everyone that has talked about that sequel series. There was no, like, set plan from, like, the start. Like, they were going from, like, Every direct, like, so J.J. Abrams had one idea. Ryan Johnson came in, like, well, this is my idea. And then J.J. Abrams came back with, like, all right, well, we got to fix what you did and then try to get back to where I think 
people want us to go. So when there's no clear cut plan from the beginning about where these, you know, three movies should be headed, that makes perfect sense that we got what we got. I mean, it really feels (laughs) absolutely. (laughs) So that not blow your mind. It's crazy. When you have like an IP like that, it's where you spent all that money for. And that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that is, you should like, even if you have to be like a fucking child and take out a notebook and like, this is what we're doing <laughs> for the rest yes, of the, your for the next five years. Yeah, the exactly. size of a wall. Like exactly. you should have this all figured out years in advance. Like not yeah. go one movie at a time. That is just so beyond lazy to me. And yeah. Right. We definitely, we got what clearly was given into those movies. Like it yep. makes total sense with what we got. Yeah. So I honestly don't have high hopes for it's because Disney is that all comes down to them. I think in the hands of another studio, Star Wars could be what it once was. It's now just a shade of its former self. Self, And I just I blame them. Well, uh, there there are a lot of people that are like, hey, like, you know, now have revisited the prequels since the sequels uh, series came out. And now now but now people are looking at those movies in a much more positive way way like you know i i you know i'm not one of them i still i don't like attack of the clones it's it's a slog to get through what about uh, jar jar binks <laughs> i actually didn't mind jar, i've never minded jar jar binks i was like i knew he was made for oh children. really i knew he was made for children and i was yeah. like all right whatever it's it's right. not made for me it's cool you know, you know it's shit out of me <laughs> at least phantom minutes has like that last what 20 30 minutes like a whole duel of the fates like darth maul fight i mean yeah. that's cool like that is sick yes. and then and then revenge of the sith even though there's issues with like the screenplay at least it's building to this like kind of dark kind of conclusion that we know we've been building up to and like we've been all wondering like how we got there and you know hayden christian is like way more improved in that one than he is in attack of the clones so yeah i actually like uh that one i think it's pretty good but now, yeah, people are looking back at the other ones that aren't so great. I've, I've seen people talk about Attack of the Clones like it's, you know, hey, it's not as bad as you remember it. And like, I'm pretty sure it is, but like, whatever, you do you. <laughs> if, if you like it, great. <laughs> I, I think the general consensus is they have aged, at least they've at least improved, if not stayed the same, that they haven't gotten worse with time, I time. guess. Yeah. Kind of like, you know, a benefit for those. Like, I'd say like, only thing going for like the sequel series is like the production value behind it like they look really nice because they have the benefit of being made in the 2010s like they just look look great but beyond that i can't see these movies aging particularly well either i don't think they will stand the test i mean there are i mean there are some people that love the last jedi the critics liked it Mm. i mean it has better critical reviews than like the audience score is horrible on ron tomatoes yeah you know you know there's some people down the line that always pick that one movie that's oh it's going to be like viewed as like a misunderstood masterpiece like 10 years from now there's some people that think that fans will like change their mind about that one i guess they say that but do you think they actually think that because disney disney reviewed like critics when it comes to disney content just have rose-colored glasses on if you ask me and i'm not gonna Maybe, okay, maybe I'll insinuate that there might be something going on behind closed doors. This is all unfounded for the record. <laughs> but I would not be surprised if this was the case because, like, some of them I just cannot excuse. Last Jedi being one of them. I don't know how any critic, like, could, I don't know what they glean from it. I haven't really read any critic reviews in a long time of that movie, but it just seems sus to me. Yeah. God, it, it, I hate them. Yeah. <laughs> God, I hate them. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. Sorry. Um, it's, it's, over. It's, it's better than The Rise of Skywalker. And I don't yeah, know if that's that, yeah. is that is that faint praise, <laughs> but it's better than that one. Yeah, <laughs> yes, sure, not uh, much, but something. Well, you know what? Congratulations, Daisy Ridley. I mean, job's a job. Sure. I'm sure you're going to get paid a hefty amount 
to come back. I don't know if it's just for one movie or for all three. I mean, I can tell from like how they announced it. Could be all three. Not sure. I wonder if maybe because we got uh, they usually do uh, some big Star Wars announcements like around the early May, oh, right? For May the fourth. May the fourth be with you. We'll yeah. see some more. Yeah, hopefully. Which yeah. surprises me that this wasn't all announced then. It's only a few weeks away. Why? Why not save all that development? I don't know. That's true. I mean, interesting right. decision. For I think they wanted to see like, will this generate any hype? It kind of did. I mean, I mean, not in maybe not in the way they were thinking it would. I mean, I think some people were. I think a lot of people were like scratching their heads, like. What? what right like i yeah, yeah but it's publicity yeah i mean i'm i still stand by this i was all for them just going with characters that we've never heard of make up new people even her i i didn't really i mean we know her already we've spent three movies with her that makes me feel like they're too afraid to like completely do away with like any connective tissue to like string them together and yeah and even if she's not like she's not like a luke skywalker but like she is connective tissue from three other movies that we've already you know, we've already mm-hmm. met her. We've already been established with her. She's familiar to like an audience that has seen those movies. I would have just preferred if they just started from scratch almost and gave us new people and a new. Hundred percent, I'm with you. Let the Skywalker saga just live and let die. Like it is done. I don't see why we're still beating this dead horse. We're lucky that it wasn't completely ruined. I mean, it, some might argue that it was ruined. Not that they. It's a perfect saga by any means, but ended. Kind of with a whimper. I don't know why you'd want to open that door up again. Like, again, I think, like you said, this James Mangold and Dave Filoni helm the movies yeah. represent better kind of dire- creative direction for Star Wars property that I think a lot of people are going to probably be more into. We'll see how it all goes. Yeah. On that note, though, I ahead. I I know what you're saying. I can appreciate, like, why they'd want James Mangold on that, why that might generate some hype. But, like, James Mangold has been – he's been a fantastic director for, you know, a decade plus now. And I just see him being roped into these Disney pro- projects. And I find, I kind of feel like he's just going to be – I'd rather just – much rather see him be doing some original work. Like, he's done some fantastic movies in the 2010s and earlier. And I just feel like he's going to be sucked into this, this Disney rabbit hole. And he's done Dial of Destiny he's for like, them. He'll be doing yeah. the Star Wars yeah it's almost like it's weird because you know if you're he's a great director right so if you have the opportunity oh, I guess, absolutely well you're him if you have an opportunity to like do a franchise movie i mean i guess you take it but he doesn't seem like the kind of person that just wants to be stuck doing franchise movies but like you know even though like even though something like swamp thing isn't with disney it's still like part of it right gonna be like part of a big, big franchise you know, material yeah so i mean on the one on the one hand it's good for him as a director i mean that uh, projects like that and i'm sure it will help him it's work yeah it's and it will money. help him probably get other smaller projects made that he wants to do and there's always that that's a good point that's a good point i didn't think about that i can also see your point though about like him being almost like a, a cog of the machine now where it's like that's what I'm worried about. Pushing him around from one project to the next. Like, you're our guy. You're our guy now. And I, <laughs> and his hand, his hands are just going to be so tied. Like any other director that works for them. Like it is such a studio orchestrated project. Any Disney project. Like I just feel like their hands are so tied on the director's chair. It's almost like yeah. very rarely doesn't feel like this. Is why like more recent years, I've kind of like taken it easier on Ryan Johnson after the last Jedi. Cause I'm sure a lot of, those decisions the things i did not like in that movie probably weren't from him he probably just did the best with what he had to do but again james mangold capable of making some amazing movies i just would rather see him be doing some original work or like adapting stuff yeah not helmed or stuck in these huge ips, IPs run by disney just a yeah. side rant i wanted to no, get out there that's probably fine 
also with Ryan Johnson, I mean, I wasn't as I wasn't as mad at him as Star Wars fans. I really don't think he was the issue with. I mean, a lot right. like I think like ninety nine point nine percent people disagree with me. I don't think he was the issue there. But if I had any ill will towards Last Jedi, I was all forgiven with him by the time I saw Knives Out. So I was like, whatever, man. Like, you right, can't, you great can't redemption. Win, can't win them all. Oh, of I wanted course. to say this because you said that you said that this franchise. The whole franchise is not, it has issues, even if you go back to the old ones. But I have a friend, yeah. I won't say the friend's name because he'll, he'll get mad in case he gets like attacked by nerds. He, okay. he, he's he been like, dude, the only really, 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 really good one is The Empire Strikes Back. The rest of them are like, kind of like, they all have issues, except for The Empire Strikes Back, which is like, like near perfect storytelling, like near, like he's like everything about that movie. Okay. It's perfect. But if you look at like Return of the Jedi, it takes some of those elements from like the Empire Strike Back that work and that's fine. But then they fuck it up and throw in the Ewoks and like there's all this other stuff that doesn't really work either. And then he said the same thing about a new hope, which I've never heard anyone say that that movie is like, that's got, that movie's got issues, but he thinks that they are, that there are some in the okay. movie. Um, I will, I mean, I'll say his name next week and I'll bring it up to him just to say, sure. it. I'll ask, I'll ask him if he wants me to like say who it is. Like <laughs> I, the only thing, the only thing I agree with him on is I think the empire strikes back is the best one. I can actually watch that one on its own without watching the rest of them. I think it's like, oh, it's a perfect yeah. movie for me. I think it's one of my one favorite of sequels of all time without a doubt. Um, Can't but, I've, against that. but I've never looked at a new hope and been like, oh, that, that part's flawed. I know return of the Jedi has issues. Like there's, I mean, still think it's enough conclusion of that story that it works and i mean you know what coming off empire strikes back it's hard to like a little hard it's high to live it's up hard to think. top yeah i did that best i could on I think. note <laughs> of the last or return of the jedi have you ever seen that video of david lynch describing how he was approached by George oh yeah. to that movie yes. that is Hilarious. so funny to me it's oh my so god if you haven't seen that video guys well if you guys are familiar with david lynch look up david lynch talking about <laughs> the opportunity to direct Return of the Jedi because it is so funny. Yeah, yeah, really definitely funny. not really his funny. property. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, all right. What we got next? What do you got? I'm... Throw at me. As far as I want to throw something at you too, just a little bit of news that we didn't talk about off camera, and okay. I'm sure wouldn't be surprised if you'd heard this now. What I'm going to do is I'm going to pitch you two things, and I want you to give a thumbs up and a thumbs down to one, even if you're okay with both. All right, got it. Um, but we got two direct, well, technically three directors. One is a duo, so two directors some upcoming projects they've both recently announced their intentions to work with a certain actress one of which being quentin tarantino i guess for his next movie the film critic he wants to work with kate blanchard or blanchette i say both i don't know what i always say I, I, I say both depending on how fancy i was <laughs> yeah i unconsciously just say go with one or the other so give me kate i don't know how to pronounce your last name but yeah so quentin tarantino wants to work with kate blanchett and the safety brothers the, the duo i mentioned apparently have been eyeing up Megan the Stallion for a role in their next movie, which I don't know any other details about. So based on those two, not necessarily casting decisions, but rumors, what do you think about either one of those? Thumbs up, th thumbs down to both either? What do you think? I definitely will thumbs up. Have you heard up. about either of these, by the way? No, I hadn't. No, no, no. I would definitely okay. thumbs up Kate Blanchett, or Blanchett, working with Quentin Tarantino because, <laughs> yeah. because uh, she could read the phone book and be good at anything. And then like, is that like she, not a perfect I know. casting? And that, she's, that, yeah, oh she's, worked, she's worked with so many great directors already. Might as well add him to the list before he taps out after his yep. 10th movie. The Megan the Stallion, 
okay i'm gonna say this right now i'm not opposed to rappers and stuff like appearing in movies it's fine like i remember when hustlers came out and cardi b was in those trailers i was like all right whatever i can deal with it it's she wasn't in it she wasn't even she wasn't in that she wasn't in that much and what she did she was fine and the movie's really good i don't know i mean i think megan stallion as a rapper and performer is really fun and engaging to watch like she has like a lot of stage presence and energy i yep my only other exposure to her like acting wise is from that episode of she-hulk that she was on She-Hulk. Uh, yeah but i also trust those directors though man uh, yeah like, and they worked with the weekend yeah that's so. true yeah it's not like out of left field for them All i right, just yeah. thought that was an interesting All right, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna th- I'm gonna thumbs down it but there is potential to turn me around if yeah <laughs> if i'm happen. sure it won't i'm not a- expecting her to be like the leading lady in their movie or anything i'm sure it'll be a small role but uh yeah oh that's hilarious but yeah no Kate blanchett all day <laughs> work with quinn tarantino if there are deals in place i hope they get signed like immediately because i i feel like uh once she's i mean i've never there's been questionable movies that she might have been in but she's never been bad in anything i've seen her in like she's probably one of no. the best actresses of her generation and she out of doubt don't believe she's worked with them before so that's that's another solid pairing i think this makes me wonder who he will build his if he built a cast around her like who else it would be like you only you only go up from there i guess so it would be a yeah i would yeah i definitely thumbs up that i just want to hear more about uh what he's doing and but by all means take your time it's your last it's your last movie as a director so you know Take your take, take your time. time. I will together. be ears glued to the news with everything that uh, develops. Whoever gets attached to that next movie, I'm here for all of it. I will definitely be giddy with whatever happens. I'm just really excited to see that movie be built from the ground up. And I think Kate well, Kate B would be a fantastic <laughs> uh, character <laughs> or person to build that movie around. Yeah, exactly. So very much excited for that. Okay, I would be down for that. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna hold my surprise one off for a second. I'm gonna throw in okay. I'm gonna throw in some uh, Harry Potter news, which I thought was intriguing. I when I said Ooh. that the Harry Potter news was intriguing, I was immediately told it was not intriguing. It was a bad idea. So all right, whatever. I there's potential here, I think, but I can also see why people are upset about it. I also don't know where I fall on this. Oh, I know what you're getting to, but let's right. hear it. All right, so Harry Potter TV series is reportedly in the works at HBO Max, with each book potentially getting a full season they said reportedly each book would be covered one season at a time and they're i mean and that these are just talks at the moment and no official deal has been made as of yet there there have also been talks of a tv adaptation for a bit but it's a lucrative ip that warner brothers wants to keep alive that's why they want to continue to do this last november warner brothers discovery ceo david zaslov clarified that the studio is focusing on franchises pointing to properties like harry potter game of thrones and lord of the rings as examples I kind of think the idea of doing a TV show where each season focuses on one book is pretty interesting because I think there's I'm with well, the, well the movies are long I mean I guess they, there's a lot you can cover I guess and like I don't know how many episodes they would be but I feel like there's maybe some stuff you could cover on a TV show that you didn't get to cover in the movies certainly absolutely even though I know the movies are a lot of them are incredibly long and they do cover a lot Yep, but I that's what I'm intrigued by. But then yes, I, I was quickly agreed. and some of the comments on G Reels and other people were like, they already did it perfectly, like as as motion pictures. They're fine the way yep. they are. They ended it the way they should have been. I don't want to see someone else playing Harry Potter or Hermione 
you know, like they are fine with how it is. And I actually can understand that point and kind of agree with that a bit too. I'm just intrigued about the whole, like each book getting a season thing. I think you can really flesh out a lot doing it that way. But I also, like we talked about before, you know, that comment from him from last November is also like one of the reasons why I don't love this either. It's like, Oh, like we're focusing on franchises now. Like we are really focusing on Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings and like, you know, the key, you know, yeah, the key word in his statement was lucrative. Like, you know, this is yeah. all just trying to keep this huge lucrative IP alive. And like for that, I just say my interest for that like kind of goes out the window because of that. You know that there's nothing creative that they're looking to explore with this. They're just looking to keep this alive for the next generation to make however much money they can from it and squeeze it like a sponge. And I just I fail to see any artistic integrity in like that project, which is why I say like thumbs down to it. However, the idea, like any saving grace that that project might have is comes to, with the idea that they can adapt a book per season. Like that is an interesting thought, but I say, give it another 10, 15 years before you even try and touch Harry Potter again, at least like Harry, Ron, Hermione story. If you want right. to do other stuff, sure. Look how fantastic beasts have gone. Like those have been pretty middling reception. I don't know what critics have to say about them, but like, there's not been, they've not, you know, they're not not been groundbreaking by any means. So, like, how how what how alive is the Harry Potter IP right now? Do you think like right. is that something that we're gonna the, jump at? I don't the know. The biggest like the Fantastic Beasts. The first one did well. It made money. Right. The second one did Fair okay, enough. but made less than the first one. This last one pretty much flopped. Uh, right. I I even think with the first one that made a lot of money, like you know, if you're if you're 10, 20 years removed from that first Fantastic Beast movie, it doesn't have like. It doesn't stand the test of time at all. It's not going to be like one you remember. And I think that's the problem right. with like the Fantastic Beast movies is that I think Warner Brothers is like, hey, with those films, they're like they could still play in like the Harry Potter universe and like it'll still be fun. But like yep. when you make a lot of movies in a row, of course they're based on like like prior stuff already. But when you make a lot of movies in a row with certain characters and certain people playing them, an audience latches on to that. That's who they want and that's who they see and like. Yeah, you can, you might get lucky and be able to play in that universe again and have like a loose connection to like, you know, what came before it. But like I think that's what people end up right. liking at the end of the day. They really care about, you know, those characters that they got to meet across like several movies. And, you know, it's either them or nothing. I, I imagine I imagine this as before, like the casting for these roles again for a TV show is gonna be under such a microscope. And then of course who they get to write it and who they get to direct uh the show and like it's i mean yeah. it's a lot i do you know what? i do like the idea though like kind of similar to with the movies having like a like a different director with a different style kind of attack each season a bit because i feel like the harry potter movies got a bit better once well i know like the last few were directed by the same guy but i think like once prisoner of azkaban once chris is left after the first two and we got that really really dark one that became like the template like yes. all right this is what we can kind of do each movie moving forward i like to see that with uh, a tv show like whatever different creative minds can like make almost yeah that actually is a great idea kind of not in the sense like making it what's that word you know like american horror story what what am i thinking of here how they make it like a anthology anthology not exactly like that but having a different director do each season and put their own spin on it it, yeah that would be a really idea that's a great that that could be something will they do that not gonna hold my breath this will be one that i'm definitely going to be you know looking for updates on but i just can't see i just don't have a lot of faith that they will make the best creative decisions we will see i'll be the first to you know eat my words if i'm wrong but waiting with 
bated breath. breath. Yeah, and since yeah. You, I wasn't even going to mention this, but since you mentioned American Horror Story, I'm just going to give this like two seconds. I can't sure. believe I can't believe Ryan Murphy. I mean, if it was going to be a cameo, I'd be like, all right, whatever. But yeah, Kim, Car- Kim Kardashian is going to be on the next season of American Horror Story, and not. And I, I don't think I don't think as like a cameo. I think she's like got a main part. I do love Emma Roberts in that franchise. Like ever since Coven, I think she's been she's done some amazing stuff on that show. Also, that show hasn't been relevant to me in a very long time. I mean it's it's not nearly as good as it was. I was just like, I, I can't leave it to Ryan Murphy. He would. He would cast her. I mean he I could just would you guess <laughs> bring attention to the series probably, but like I almost feel like that's a I feel like and I, it's not like I hold Kim Kardashian in like this huge regard or put on a pedestal or anything, but I'm like, I kind of feel like she's above joining a show for its 12th season just for some clout. Like, you know what I mean? Like, why yeah. are you doing that? That's just weird to me. Also, couldn't believe it's on its 12th season. Like, I haven't yeah. even heard of like it kind of I think past seven. I think what's I think what you see here is that it might benefit them more than it benefits her because, like you said, the last season that aired, I didn't even know it was actually airing when it aired. My friend messaged me they're like, "Are you watching?" I was like, "I didn't even know it was back." And I cover and I cover that for like work. <laughs> I know yeah, I back. like that's go that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know, it, I mean, season one is still like the best of that show, and then I love season three. Like after that, it's just like a a wave <laughs> of just like it's okay. Just not- yeah, there's many of them I want to check out. I've never seen American Horror Story. It was which I don't understand because definitely like high school time. Like I remember when those shows were at its peak, and I love horror related content and yeah. just. Don't know why I didn't sink my teeth into that show, but one of these days I'll probably watch at least the first five, six seasons just to say I have because yeah. it interests me. But yeah, it just seems like it's falling off. I just feel like I don't know why Ryan Murphy's making so many seasons of the show. Like, anyway, he's not the only one guilty of bringing shows out longer than they should have. But yeah. very interesting news. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because that was yeah. just one of the other drops. The bucket of <laughs> yeah, news it was one of the stuff that came out that yeah. I was like, yeah, I'll mention it. I'll give it like two minutes of my grace <laughs> yeah. that's it. Uh, no anything else i have a was that was that like the first big thing uh, yeah, 12 or I think it's called delicate that's the name of the season i don't know what it's focused delicate? on yeah i don't know what it's focused on what uh i mean i'm glad Weird. i think i think it was maybe smart to announce it with emma roberts not just kim kardashian like it's like all right at least emma roberts is like a familiar face to that franchise yeah um, but yeah i was just like oh no no, no, no. But it's such a Ryan well, Murphy thing to do, though, because he likes celebrities. So, like, yeah, he's, he's a talented dude. I, he's a really, talented, really talented dude, but he really does like celebrities. I mean, like he brought. I hate to say this now because Lady Gaga is a great actress now, but he brought Lady Gaga onto that show yes. when before we. That's we, a great point. She was a proven thing yet, and I think that was more about Lady Gaga here than like Lady Gaga the mm-hmm. actress, you know. Was that not kind of like a catalyst for her acting career? Had she done much before so, her appearance on that show? Well, apparently she had always wanted to be one. That was like even before getting into music, but then music kind of took over. She always in the back of her in the back of her head still wanted to like get involved in that. And you know, I know she had like some small parts in like Sin City 2 and you know, stuff like that. And yeah. uh, but then like American Horror Story Hotel was like her first big leading thing, and she won a Golden Globe for it. And of course, you know. A Star is Born, House of Gucci. Right, and then the rest yeah. is history. And now Joker too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so she's, yes. she's, ever, she's everywhere. She's on the up and up. Up and the up and yeah, up. Yeah, she is. She's doing good. All right, what um, we got, buddy? Maybe some next, some little different direction, some better casting news. Definitely something that we had chatted about a little bit, but we got that little, little teaser, which I'll just preface by saying I was expecting more out of that little video we got regarding the Maxine casting. I was yeah. thinking at this point we would get some footage but as far as i understand and i didn't really check my sources here but 
Apparently, they haven't even begun filming this movie, no, yet, Maxine. It starts filming this month. So this. Oh, okay. That's aiming for end of the year. That's why I'm hoping. I mean, I want this this year. I'm hoping. I, I feel like I feel like a movie like this, yeah, be wrapped and done and edited and given Quickly, to the man. For, for those that don't know what Maxine is, Ty West directed a little horror movie called X, which kind of took a lot of us by surprise. Didn't see, I didn't see it coming. Thought it was really, really great. Got crazy mm-hmm. good reviews when it came out. It was crazy is that it came out like maybe a month after Scream last year. So this was this was like and I was oh, like oh there, I, and I was like there's that girl again there's that Jenna Ortega girl like but like she wasn't even like the main star in X. No fucking Mia Goth is amazing in it playing a dual oh, role man. playing a dual role in She's X. A star. She's a star. You know, <laughs> yeah, you, you know you know guys playing a dual role in that her and Ty West like had conversations about these characters and like while filming X and like where these characters could go. And then like in, I don't, wasn't totally planned that, that we were going to get a trilogy out of this, but during those discussions while filming X, they came up with like Pearl, which was like a prequel to X. And through more of those discussions, they came up with Maxine, which will conclude their X trilogy. It's not something that I knew we were going to get when like we got X, but I've, I, mean, I I like I like X more than Pearl, Pearl but Pearls of they're just different. Okay, movies. they're just they're, different, they're just different movies. movies. Absolutely, they're very yeah. different movies. I will say that performance wise, her stuff in Pearl is like like in a perfect role. Yeah. She would have been like in the Oscar race for sure. Exactly, hundred percent. If people she didn't like all. if people didn't like look down on like horror movies and the Academy, but mm-hmm. yeah, you know she you know I actually just saw Infinity Pool and I again I'm just looking at oh, someone nice. Just looking at someone that everything everything she's done that I've seen her in, she's just one hundred percent committed to it. Like it doesn't even Absolutely. feel like act, acting anymore, and like she's just like a joy to watch. And I'm really excited about um, Maxine and see how they wrap this up. But I'm I also excited that they got like a pretty stacked cast to support her. It, stacked is the word, a hundred percent. Why don't you go ahead and rattle off some of those names? I had in front of me as well. Elizabeth Debicki, Moses, some name, Michelle Monaghan, Bobby, kind of. Cannavale, Lily Collins, Halsey, just for good measure, Giancarlo Esposito, and Kevin Bacon. Uh, Kevin Bacon was the one that surprised me the most, other than Halsey being in the cast. Um, right. But, yeah. Playing a cop, no doubt, like always. Probably. Like, a good authoritative figure. Yeah, I think he is playing like a detective or something, something along those lines. But I feel like you um, get, I remember that impression anyway. I feel like you get a cast like this because they've seen these first two movies and saw how good they were. And they're like, this yeah. is something great to be a part of. Definitely. So yeah, I was surprised. I wasn't. I didn't know what names to expect to be joining her. It wasn't any of these. I'm completely happy with it though. I mean, I think it's a gives me like even bigger hope for that exactly. movie. Exactly. So so far, they haven't steered us in the wrong direction. Uh, no, yeah. it's been a great little, lovely little little duo, and soon to be trilogy. And uh, yeah, just su- such a, like a spontaneous project you don't i don't feel like we've really like seen anything like this before at least not any time recently that i can think of where just yeah. two visionaries are chatting about where a character can go and suddenly they realize they have so much more room to develop and next thing you know we get three movies two of which coming out in the same year yeah. i thought at least at one point maxine was slated to come out the same year and he was going to try and get all three out that's what that's what it seemed like it, it yeah. seemed that way but, when they uh, anyway, it, but you know take your time you know fine with them taking their time and making it right i'm sure the pressure is high after pearl because pearl was fantastic as well yeah and uh 
you know, like one more than the other, regardless, I'm sure most people can agree that both movies are fantastic. And when you got goth in particular is transformative. She's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Very much looking forward to where Maxine is going. Can't wait. Can't this movie can't come soon enough. If you ask me. So yeah, very excited about that casting news. I've been, I've been so tempted to dive X, but I don't know if it's like a good one. Cause like Owen doesn't love horror. I mean, he likes some of them, but I don't know if that, okay. if that's like standard enough one where it's like, Oh, I could show that. I don't think Pearl would work as much <laughs> um, oh, no eh? so the uh, to the uninitiated <laughs> fair enough actually like pretty like cookie cutter without but not a bad way you know what i mean like it's yeah, pretty like it's got like you know like you can enjoy it it's got like texas chainsaw massacre vibes like it's like a, almost like a thing back to that a bit so but yeah i've been thinking some comedy in it yeah because i've been thinking about you know everyone's asked me like when you're gonna deep dive a horror film like you love horror movies and i i haven't picked one yet i'm trying to like really okay. almost, almost stay away from it because like everyone expects me to do it right but I also that, don't know there's an opportunity for you to I know. Put, some, put him on some good horrors that he's missing out on because you know, like, just what an awesome genre I should I should but yeah now I'm being all like yeah. oh, what if I pick the wrong one? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god there is no wrong one right it's what you yeah. like and that's you know. true but uh yeah that's that true. could be something to reflect on definitely no for but, sure uh, moving it back over to you we got lots of other stuff to cover but uh what did you want to talk about next all right I'm gonna throw you the the one we haven't discussed yet really quick because it came up last okay. night and I want to know your opinion on it. Uh, so the Los Angeles Times last night after Succession was over, it was, a, I won't tell, I won't say what happened. It was a big episode last okay. night. Uh, this, but yeah, no spoilers. It was a big, yeah, no spoilers, but the Los Angeles Times, they didn't, they didn't hear about that. They, oh? so, so a lot of things with like trades, whenever a show airs or they see it early you know like east coast time gets it of course earlier than us on the west coast whatever they write about it right, right away and there's a way to write about it without giving it away in your headline or giving you away like your opening paragraph they the los angeles times gave away what happened almost like if you got like an email alert and you were subscribed to them that yes. would pop up on your phone and you would have saw it so created this big discussion on like twitter amongst people that do press and stuff like how long do you think trades because they're they're trying to jump on this stuff so they can like get the clicks for like you know people you know checking in on like oh what did happen the people that maybe don't care as much or are just casually curious how long should right. a trade publication wait before they post something that's spoiler heavy and like how because i even thought some of the trades that posted about the, sh- the episode that didn't really give out spoiler maybe i read right. this i didn't I, read any spoilers and i heard about this episode and it's twists or whatever yeah so like so props to those people so like looking into if i ran to a story too much and i saw like an image from the story i'd be like oh something must have happened involving this person and i would just jump to that conclusion right you know some of the some of these trades it was within like 15 20 minutes after the episode aired that they had something written out and already sent to the masses and everyone's reading it right I, i know there's like this whole it has to you have to get on it quick before everyone else but should right. there be like a grace period there where they don't write about it? Yeah, here's my. This is the first I didn't you know. Woke up to news that was episode three or four. Yeah. Of succession. Yeah. So I woke up to this news that something huge happened in the episode. There was a twist of some nature. It was all the rage overnight. Luckily, didn't have anything spoil. I also just because I haven't started watching Succession yet, didn't bother reading into it for fear that I would spoil it. But here's my 
thing just hearing about it now for the first time. Like, so for the LA Times, I can't blame them for any media outlet for pumping out a ridge about something that obviously is going to get them clicks. That's the nature of what they do. They want people to read their material as annoying as it is. And as like, you know, as bad of an impact as it has on viewers and on the industry, that is what it's all about. So I don't blame them for that. Blame them for maybe spoiling it or not taking care and precaution not to spoil people that hadn't seen it. But I think a good workaround about this would be some sort of, and this is probably a reach. I have no idea what would have to go into this for it to happen or who would be on board. But for there to be some sort of um, writing embargo for 24 hours after content is released, if there was somehow a way for the industry to regulate that, I think that would be an awesome thing to be incorporated that everyone would have to abide by. I think that would be a cool workaround. I would I would vote to have that be a thing. And I think that could maybe avoid stuff like this happening in the future. But yeah, shame on them for spoiling it for, you know, their West Coast viewers that, that got this spoiled for them. But yeah. I don't necessarily blame them for pumping it out because that is the nature of the beast. You know what I mean? Yeah, I see what you're saying about the... So when you go to a press screening and you go see a movie early, there is an embargo right. on... There's a social media embargo, which usually kind of gets lifted right. at night. They'll, they'll be like, hey, you can you can't write a full review, but you can like write a blurb and you can't give out can't give okay. away anything. And then there's like a review embargo, which is like usually a couple of days or so after the screening to give like time. If it's they're really proud of the film and they want the reviews out early, it'll usually right. they'll usually lift it a day or two early because they're not it's not like it's spoiling anything. It's, like, it's just saying that the movie's great. Something like Scream was full reviews of Scream 6 were embargoed until the Monday. So you couldn't write like a, you couldn't write a spoiler review or do a YouTube video with spoilers until the Monday after it opened. Cause they were like, we want to give people a chance to see it on opening night or opening weekend and That's allow awesome. them, allow them to enjoy all the surprises. I've covered some TV shows like uh, ahead of them airing and there are embargoes on that. What I don't know is if there's embargoes on live, like something airing that night. So I don't know if there's anything in place for that. There should be. That's what I was going to ask you next. If you knew of or had any insight as to why that might not be the case. I don't understand why there would be for movies and not for network television like that. Especially if you know that episode is you're revealing something very huge or something huge is going to happen. And, you know, that's why because what I also saw on Twitter, which I guess also makes sense, is if Mm. if you live on the on the West Coast and you know that East Coast viewers are getting this thing that you watch every weekend. Maybe don't, go, maybe don't go on Twitter and like, <laughs> you know, and browse and hundred yeah. percent. There's a solid point there, but you should also not be an asshole and spoil something for someone. No, you shouldn't. When they have this, when they haven't had the chance to see it. Uh, That's you know, right. But can we rely on humans not to be shitty like that? Probably no, not. Probably not. Probably not. Better <laughs> at this point, but it, it is a shame. I just baffling that. In this day and age where this has been so commonplace for so long that it would slip up like that and let that happen on such a huge in vogue show right now, it's, it's not something I would have expected. So just for content, I just wanted to know, so was the, and there, answer this as carefully <laughs> as you can. So cautiously, so did they like just straight up like boil the twist or was it just that there, they just announced that there was a twist in the episode they, to look at it straight up badly. They, they spoiled they really they just spoiled right it, out and said what happened and who it involved and who it involved and it was just like oh my and god thankfully so i so i watched because I, I remember i told you i wasn't gonna watch the old evil deck because we're doing an episode about that next i wasn't gonna watch it 
because I watched it recently. I was just going to watch the reimagining in 2013, but then I was, but then I was nice. like, you know what? I'm going to watch them back to back. Cause I've never watched them back to back and see how they kind of like stand up oh, together. God, right? I wish I did that. So I did nice. that and I was kind of tired after that. Cause it was after I got back from the whole Easter thing. And I was like, all right, I was kind of tired. I went on the computer yep. one last time and I saw that succession no. was trending, but I was like, is it trending oh, because it's Sunday or is it trending because something's going on? So I scroll a little bit. And someone posted something that wasn't a spoiler, but gave an indication that this episode is huge. And what they, what a lot of people have been saying, what this person said that stuck out to me was like, this is one of the best hours of television I've ever seen in my life. And I was I like, I did read that as well. So I immediately got off the computer. I was like, I'm tired, but I'm going to stick around and just stay up and watch it because I don't want to get it spoiled for me tomorrow. And great. Wh- good job for you for doing that. <laughs> quite frankly, it is pretty on the Mount Rushmore of, television episodes it was so like one of those where it's like give them all the emmys like every single one (laughs) for that episode by itself like i know it just makes me so like you know it makes me proud that the storytelling is so tight that they can like they know where they're going what they're doing but makes me sad that we're gonna lose this like really good well-written well-acted well-directed show after the season because it's just really fucking great and we know we talked about those actors last week every every single one of them just like stepped up and brought their a game they were just like That's awesome. came in came in swinging and you know i don't know how they're going to compete for their emmys like I've, i don't know how who goes supporting who goes lead right they, they all can't win but they're all getting nominated like most of them are yeah and, and easy best drama series win for this too by far nice. that's awesome they yeah. can all feel good knowing that they are a part of will obviously go down as one of the greatest shows of all time i yeah. know future jackson is going to be looking at present jackson and like punching him for not getting in on the show while it was hot because <laughs> i didn't know i had no i knew it was going to be a show that i'm going to check out soon probably even more so now like i'm ripping yeah. through better call Saul. i got the wire to get through but i think succession is going to be probably that next one i get to I didn't think or I didn't know until very recently that season four would be the last one. So I thought yeah. I had some time, but uh, yeah, definitely wish I had been in on this trend while it was hot because it sounds like it's just incredible show. So but, I, uh, I almost wasn't. So I, I started watching right before season three started. So I didn't watch it when it first, when season one started and started when, uh, okay. Well, I started, because, but I was still hearing from all these people like, dude, this is so good. Like it's like right up your alley. Like the writing's like really, really good. The characters are like, wonderfully kind of flawed and like a little bit of assholes but like there's still things that like they're so well drawn out that like why they are kind of pricks but you still kind of care about them a little bit in their own right. kind of like twisted ways and when i started watching it i was like oh yeah i totally get like why this is so popular and i totally get why people don't want it to go away i mean i also understand from a creative standpoint why it has to be done like i mean i hope the guy who created this like gives us more great content like fresh new content yeah. along the way there you go like man god what i love when something can live up to the hype and that episode was fire i'm just so glad that i stayed up because i was like i'm gonna have it ruined yeah. for me somehow if i'm like especially when i have to like check twitter and social media for work i'm like i can't like i gotta be careful <laughs> You're how i'm not scrolling avoid it. Yeah. yeah but when i saw that los angeles times that you know what you know who else does that a lot is variety i talked about that with movies they variety is spoiled like a lot of stuff they're not supposed to spoil even though there's an embargo on wow. things and they still get invited to stuff. Uh, I guess it is. I guess it is what it is, but Finish them. like, don't ruin it for the rest of us just because we live on the West coast. For the name of, <laughs> for the sake of, yeah. For the sake of clicks. It's yeah. Just annoying. Exactly. Um, 
How, how long are the seasons for Succession? How many episodes do they run? I think this one's going to be eight. I just want to double check and make sure. Okay. It's pretty like tight yeah. storytelling. Nice. I like that. Let me double check. Yeah, I. Uh, All right, yeah, season one. Really season one is, yeah, season one had ten. Oh yeah, ten. Oh, so okay. season one had ten. Yeah, so ten. Yeah, season three had nine. Ten, and then this one has eight. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Oh, actually, this will have ten. This will have ten too. So oh, okay, so we still got a long ways to go. We all, we got, we all, we have Succession with us until May twenty eighth. That'll be the series finale of Succession. So nice. Soak it all in, guys. Enjoy it. <laughs> well, alas, but yeah, that's so few properties know when to call it quits, and even if. I think this consensus, at least from what I've heard, is that people could still could have ridden this show with another season or two. So yeah. it's kind of feels like it's getting cut out early. I think a lot of the actors themselves were surprised at that table yeah. read when they were told that it was going to be the last season. But props to the creators and the showrunners for acknowledging that, you know, end on a high while the show is hot. Yeah. So many shows just run into obscurity and go stay way longer than they're welcome. Like yeah. Walking Dead is a famous example really just decline in the last few seasons. So I can appreciate that show for calling it quits at the right time. So yeah, yeah definitely going to check that one out soon. Yeah, you should. I mean, yeah. you'll, you'll, you'll check that out and I'll, I'll check out breaking bad. I got a lot of shit for that too. It just came back to me. Like not even just on Instagram, like my friends in person, they were like, Oh yeah, I forgot <laughs> you haven't watched that. <laughs> I was like, I know, I know. Yeah. Oh, things. <laughs> they were like, good. I was actually thinking about you when I was watching Better Call Saul because where it's a prequel series. I'm like, I wonder what the experience would be like to watch Better Call Saul first and then Breaking Bad because it's up. That would be super neat, but I, yeah, but I don't know. Just watch it as soon as you can, man. (laughs) Well, I I feel like I will jump on that pretty soon. The summer is actually a good time for me to watch something like that because like, I mean, it's a little, works a little bit more loose during the summer. And then like, I don't have, yeah, I like to, catch up on things a little bit during that time so maybe i'll do it then okay and my, my brother, yeah. got, brother got through both of those so quick so i'm assuming that it won't be that hard to, it, to do it is the definition of binge worthy okay. i'm sure it won't take you long to get through them Ooh. well i'll be yeah. on it all right what well, we got on us next next I'm sure we could have seen this coming i can't remember if either of us like mentioned this when puss in boots the last wish was doing as well as it was oh we were we were like hi- sure we were hyping that people. up <laughs> we were hyping that up at the yeah, bottom like, a lot of attention yeah i'm sure this does not come as a surprise but this week we found out that a fifth shrek movie has been greenlit and is in the works i don't know how far into production or not production but pre-production they're in but uh, yeah, it seems that the Shrek verse, <laughs> which I never thought I'd be saying, that. Uh, is very much alive and uh, headed forward. So yeah, we got a Shrek 5 to look forward to. Yeah, so this kind of dropped. Uh, Illumination was already having, uh, we're going to talk about this later. They're, they've had a great weekend with the Super Mario Brothers movie, but they're being interviewed about that. And then they got okay. and their other IP got brought up. And uh, their CEO said that in that conversation about like, other ip like they also announced that they're thinking of doing a sing three on top of that okay. and then and then also trek five and the i guess the most important thing is that they are looking to bring back the film's original voice cast which includes mike myers cameron diaz and eddie murphy it says no deals are officially in place but he says that negotiations are going very well and he said that we anticipate the cast coming back talks are starting now and and there's every indication that we've gotten is there's tremendous enthusiasm on behalf of the actors to return it's such an easy payday for them. They can just do that from home, probably. <laughs> um, yeah, probably, yeah. Now, the CEO, 
also wants a donkey spinoff movie to happen following the critical and financial success of Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. Eddie Murphy has also said that he seems down for it. Back in January, Murphy said, if DreamWorks ever came with another Shrek, I'd do it in two seconds. That was in January. So another Shrek. He's okay. down for that. He also says, I Man love Donkey. He also says, I love Donkey. They did Puss in Boots movies. I was like, they should have done a Donkey movie. Donkey is funnier than Puss in Boots. I mean, I love Puss in Boots, but he ain't funny as a donkey. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> Eddie Murphy is down for a Donkey spinoff. Okay. Uh, that's not like a serious one, but CEO said that is an option. He can see that being a future project you know what okay i'll be real with you uh, i don't remember the last two shrek movies i definitely remember shrek one and shrek two i think there's four there okay. are four i don't remember four or three be. i don't i don't yeah there must be math i don't remember uh three and four at all like whatsoever straight up i can't even confirm i've even seen i know that it's called shrek the third i know that much i yeah. may have seen it in my childhood i can't recall I know I haven't seen Shrek 4. Is that, that what it's called? Shrek 4? I think it's called Shrek, Shrek Forever, Forever After. 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 Right. I think. Like you could tell, yeah. you know, can tell that we don't really watch a lot of kids' films, apparently. I, mean, I got a lot of love for the first Shrek. That movie's a fucking classic. Yeah, I I'll probably watch it again soon. Yeah, I saw that opening night. Peter's with my friends when that came out. That was hilarious. Nice. And I, it was one of those like animated movies that you could tell was also made for like an older audience too because there weren't all like kids definitely well, i can appreciate um, that and i even thought the second one held up pretty well so we saw that on opening <laughs> night too that's when i was still willing to go see the movie. too but i know i saw it yeah but the third and the third and fourth one i just like i don't even remember what happened uh and you know what i don't even know if i could dare to revisit it <laughs> that's what i'm saying i have so <laughs> even even the box office supremacy of Puss in Boots, The Last Wish has not been enough to rekindle this desire to go watch the Shrek movie. And, and that critical but reception, will, too. It got really good reviews. And I'm still like, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, was like, eh. People <laughs> ate that shit right up. Yeah. But uh, I definitely will, you know, give love where it's due to the first Shrek. That's a movie that I would have no problem. It's been a long time. I'm yeah. very bad for visiting like animated classics. There's tons that I'm due for a rewatch of that it'll be like watching for the first time. Yeah. Shrek would be one of those, but it's one that I feel very fond of yeah it holds up well I and mean, it's one of those first instances where those kind of movies kind of held up against like what pixar was doing at the time where you now dreamworks had like shrek yeah. and like, all right this is actually just as good as you know some of disney's pixar stuff i remember that being Man. a really exciting time for those movies and they were funny and honestly at the time it was like one of the best things that eddie murphy had done in like a long time and he's not even physically that's a it. great point <laughs> but yeah. it's like but it's some great fucking voice work from him in that he's just hilarious as that character but uh, yeah definitely i think in hindsight that era will be like animated golden age or silver age or whatever you want to call it just they haven't been made like that in so long when dreamworks and pixar were at the top of their game in that 10 12 year period and that was just such a great time and yeah. like for my generation in particular it was just awesome like i was we were eating all that stuff up it was very young when most of those were coming out it didn't get better that was the pinnacle of animated movies yeah i agree and you know it's interesting now we are still getting at least from what i can see from like reviews and stuff we are getting good animated movies still but they i think with the combination of like COVID and just changing i think children's interests just changed too like the kind of stuff they want to go see i mean the mario Super totally. mario brothers movie is like you know that appeals to like a younger generation it appeals to like an older generation who grew up playing the games. I, I can see why that did. Yes. I mean, I didn't know it was going to do this well, but I can see why it was success successful. Uh, but yeah, I think 
I think now with Pixar and DreamWorks and throw them in there too, they have to be like really good about what they put out there because I don't think like everyone's just kind of like eating up. I think there was mm-hmm. a period. I think there was a period with Pixar where they were like they could just throw something out there and be like, oh, we'll go see it because it's it's Pixar. Exactly. I don't, I don't yes. think that happens much anymore. Now it's like, oh, you need to give me a little bit more than just you know yeah. your company name on the screen. <laughs> so you know. I'm not totally against Shrek Five. I'm just not. It's one of those. It was one of those news items that is like, all right, that's. It makes sense because that's what everyone's doing now. They're latching onto the, their yes. IP that made them money. It has been right. a while, I think, since the last one. So there's that. I would guess like early 2010s or like late 2000s. If I were to guess, see. Shrek, Shrek Forever. Shrek Forever After came out in 2010. Yeah, so it's been a bit. Okay. Like, so I mean, there's enough time in between to. Damn. do it and i think like this you know like you said the reception for puss and boots last wish probably was even more incentive for them to move forward with it yeah yeah so Certainly. not not surprised not surprised at all yeah See, uh, speaking of mario bros though unless there's anything else that i'm not thinking of i didn't have anything else at the top of my head news wise to throw out there uh, or anything else that you wanted to get before uh, we chat box office uh, it's just a couple trailers Oh, oh yes, of course. What am I talking oh, about? No, no, okay. A few, actually. A few. Uh, I'll go with. I mean, I'm going to go with this one first. I'm going to go with the Barbie trailer. They came out with the second TV okay. trailer. That's a good start. Still can't quite tell what it's out, but like I think we're getting. A, and I like that. I like that too, but I think we are getting a better sense of like the tone and humor though uh, from the mm-hmm. teaser trailer, because I'm pleasantly maybe, surprised. Maybe I'm just a small child, or like I have a child childlike humor, but I was dying laughing at the whole like. Beach, they beat you off thing towards the end of the trailer, and I was like, "That's funny." Yeah, that, <laughs> I was like, "I, I was <laughs> kind of shocked that that is like how on the nose they're going with the humor, like how adult." Because clearly, yeah. I don't know that I don't know, you know, what a preteen or teenager or kid like that's going to be seeing this if they're even allowed to is going to like gleam from that sort of humor. Yeah, but like I was, I remember when that scene happened, I was like, "Damn, okay, they they are definitely going yeah PG." <laughs> 14a kind of sense of humor with this movie beyond that even like the non like sexually explicit jokes like ryan gosling had me cracking up in that trailer yeah. and that whole roller scene like yeah, yeah. line like, i literally go nowhere without them really that had me laughing it was very yeah. much a trailer that was and i'm glad they didn't it was tight it was like two minutes which isn't that tight but tight compared to other trailers these days yeah. it was very much showcasing the production of that movie which looks amazing I mean, it looks like it looks fucking incredible the world they're creating for it looks pretty amazing yeah yeah definitely like oscar contender production design if you ask me so much color in that movie like the props <laughs> the outfits all look fantastic I just didn't think i was gonna be this excited for a barbie movie like who would have thought this you told me this two years ago i'd have been like what the hell what the hell is but, this yeah, yeah i am very excited for this movie <laughs> i'm excited for it too and you know what the cast is so stacked that they had to like really just blow it out on this on the black screen and you just have to like read across to see who's in it yeah a lot of people caught, like two names yeah a lot of people in it yeah simu lu looks like he's gonna be really funny in it uh, funnier than like, i yes, probably realized uh, again ryan Big gosling girl. yeah ryan gosling is hilarious so far in it i even think Martin. Drive hair yeah right marco robbie seems like she's got the humor down as well like just looks like it's gonna be really fun uh there were some i think that most people's reaction to it was positive i saw some that thought the trailer was cringeworthy and like i think they're just kind of missing the point it looks fun i mean i don't know what else you could glean from it it's just like a fun movie i want the exact word i'm gonna throw two well no this one might be a good one to throw at you but i'll do it anyway 
Because okay. I, I already know what you're going to say, because they come out the same weekend. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my fuck. Yes, you don't even have to. What am I going to be seeing first? Oppenheimer. But I will at least say that I would go right out of Oppenheimer right into Barbie. Into Barbie. That way. All right. Yeah, I don't, I, I couldn't, I wouldn't put that past me. But yes, I will be seeing Oppenheimer first. Don't get me wrong. As excited as I am for Barbie, nothing comes before okay. no one. So. I honestly don't know. <laughs> I honestly don't know. Oh, uh, really? Eh? I don't know. I mean, I'll see them both that weekend. I just don't know which one Definitely. gets seen first. And the second one actually took from like TMZ. Someone asked in the office on the show, uh, will guys go out to see this movie? Or will they use like a friend who's a girl or a girlfriend or their wife as the excuse to be like, oh, yeah, let's go check that out. <laughs> Interesting question. <laughs> I think that Margot Robbie is a enough of a selling point for like male audiences these days she's yeah. proven that with uh, since her role in wolf of wall street that you know she's been people have been infatuated guys in particular have been infatuated with her they'll go see her yeah. in anything i feel Agreed. other than maybe her more like indie projects like i tanya i don't know how like mainstream that movie was but you know what i'm sure there will be a portion of like the male audience that would be too uh, what i'm looking for uh, insecure to like to, to go outwardly go admit they're gonna go watch the barbie movie i for one don't give a shit because yeah, it just either. looks like it's gonna be a fun good movie like i'm yeah. gonna go see i'd go see it alone if i had nobody to go watch with me right uh, but this is a great question uh, i guess time will tell i don't do you think they is there a place that's gonna break down the analytic analytics of uh, well, audience like that so usually online uh, i get all their stuff from like different box office sites but like they'll they'll be able to tell okay. you uh, for the weekend's over uh, how what percentage skewed female what percentage skewed male and then the age range and all that too yeah yeah so that'll be I can't wait for that. I'm sure it's gonna be heavily like female, but like you know, yeah, I, sure. I thought, thought about this too. I saw I saw Legally Blonde in theaters with my friends, and that wasn't a big deal. And it has like that okay. same. That's a girl movie, I guess. If I was yeah. go, if I was going to the movie theater when Clueless came out in '95, I probably would have seen that. I love that movie. It's funny. It's hilarious. A yeah. lot of a lot of the teen movies that came out when I was in high school were pro com probably considered chick flicks more than they were for guys but like i think we all saw them anyway we all saw she okay. we, all, we all saw she's all that and 10 things i hate about you and, and yeah. varsity blues and can't hardly wait i mean but they were Fair enough but they were geared i think they were geared more towards girls um and then like we had to really, we were forced to go see it and then we we're like oh we loved it <laughs> exactly it's funny because like looking at it objectively it i can see why people would feel that barbie is centered towards the female audience i right. for one these two trailers and maybe i am just biased because of how much i you know am ingrained in development of this movie and like just movies in general yeah. i just don't feel like gotten that vibe that this movie has been targeted towards females in particular i think also ryan gosling is huge amongst males right now Male, from all certain age groups he's yeah exactly so i uh i don't know what i'm really expecting like audience wise but can't wait for it though to i still it think it's gonna way. it's gonna make some money that's all i know <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those movies will be taking money from each other, though. Imagine. I wouldn't want to be competing with Chris Nolan, but... Those, those, oh. those box office predictions are going to be so fun that weekend. Like, oh, which one's going to do better than that the other? <laughs> certainly will be. Because like, we'll here's the deal. One movie is definitely shorter than the other one. They're uh, in long run time yeah. for, for the Nolan one. And that could be an yep. issue. But, yeah, what a fun weekend. I love <laughs> movies. Oh, fun my God, that's going to be movies. awesome. That should be really, really fun. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, for everyone, guys, girls, whoever, uh, RB comes out on July 21st. Uh, yeah, it should be a fun weekend at the movies. Um, 
<laughs> and I'm, I would kill me for leading with the Barbie trailer instead of the Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse trailer. Right. As Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse is like one of his favorite movies. He like loves animation nice. like that. And like, he like, I remember one year I was at Comic-Con, they were previewing footage for that movie. And I had to do cover the Venom stuff. And I was like, all right, I'm just going to leave after that. I wasn't going to stay hmm. for the, for the Spider-Verse stuff. I didn't know anything about it. Uh, and then my friend convinced me to sit in and just stay. And I was like, all right. And then they showed us like 15 minutes of it. And I was blown away by what I saw. And then when right. I finally saw the movie, uh, just visually, just fucking amazing. Uh, and, you know, what yeah. you could do with a Spider-Man story when you have that kind of limitless potential with like the animation and visuals. A um, lot of doors open. Yeah, very much a groundbreaking film. Made a lot of money. Won the best animated feature Oscar when it came out. Um, That's right. So now we finally get a sequel. It looks just as visually uh, amazing and entertaining. Yeah. It looks like it has like a, even like a strong like emotional component to it as well. Like it's not just like gonna be a fun kids movie. I, I have no bad thing to say about. It. I'm excited for it. It's just gonna be a really busy June because this comes out like June second, I think June second or third, one of them. Oh, it's that quick, eh? That it's close, that, rather? That, that close. And I, I mean, I mean, I'm excited for it. It looks great. I really had nothing else to, except for that. I, I love the idea of like all the different like Spider-Man and stuff in it. Like all these kind of like yep. char characters you would see in the comic books that you never thought you would see like in like more mainstream, like you know, Spider-Man projects, like they're popping up right. in this and that's pretty cool. Uh, and then Miles Morales has like a character and first one so far in this trailer is just like an interesting, fun character, like for an animated Absolutely. character. So like I'm excited for it. I think it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be good. This is also part one of like another. There's gonna be another one I think next year. Um, oh so, right. So we have we have more of these coming up. But like yeah, if it's as, if it's just as good as uh, the first one, I'm all in. Yeah, and I think it's poised to be just as good, if not better. It has that Oscar behind it. It has all that critical reception from the first one into it. So you know that creative team is working very hard it's been what five years since the first one so yeah holy shit uh, thinking about that that's crazy uh, i have nothing nothing even to add like i <laughs> agree like it uh, looks awesome it's i'm excited for it the like i have nothing but good expectations for this movie i'm really hoping it, it does well that people go out to see it so yeah i'm really yeah. sure that trailer looks awesome looks impressive as hell like definitely one of the more uh and impressive cinematic feats of this time, even the last as far back as I can remember. Like, man, Dude, the, yeah. people don't I feel like the mainstream doesn't understand like what kind of work goes into that style of animation. How exactly. intense and insane it is! It's as much as impressive as it is. It is more so than you even realize. Yep. So yeah. And just in case oh, people don't know what this one, June second, yeah. And in case people don't know what this one's going to be about, it says uh, Miles Morales, voiced by Shamik Moore and Gwen Stacy, voiced by. Ellie Stanfeld work to save every Spider-Man, Spider-Woman, and Spider-Person in the multiverse. Together with a new crew, Miles must stop a mysterious new villain who happens to be planning a disaster that could disrupt each universe. So it sounds fun, sounds interesting. In addition to that uh, voice cast, we also have Oscar Isaac, Jake Johnson, uh, Saray, also in Barbie, by the way, uh, Daniel, oh. Daniel Kalula, uh, Jason Schwartzman, Brian Tyree Henry, Luna Lauren, uh, as Greta Lee, Rachel Dratz, and Theo Wiggum. Yeah, so there's a lot of people in it. A lot of cool people. Sounds interesting. It's yeah, fun. 100%. I'm down for it. June 2nd, go see it. Probably going to see it with my brother. I'm, I'm sure he's going to drag me to go see it. Don't get yeah. early screening for it. I'm going to get early screening for it. And if I do get one, he's just going to be like, I'm going <laughs> to it. So. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, no, that's another one to look out for. Man, it's going to be a busy summer month. Very busy summer, summer month. Season, rather. But uh, yeah, next up, 
Dial Destiny been interesting. I'm gonna I wanted your thoughts first on this trailer, the second Dial of Destiny trailer. So I liked the first trailer we got more. I mean, I I mean I know it didn't really show a lot. I liked the whole right. like and yeah, we did get the signature like music towards the end of this new trailer. Uh, there was something yeah. about it was something about the new trailer that didn't feel quite Indiana Jones-ish in the beginning compared to like the first trailer. Agreed. And I, not that I think it looks bad, I just wasn't, it didn't hype me up the way uh, the first trailer did. But I'm still all in on it. I think, you know, I'm still trying to support James Bangold and uh, and I love, I love the first three movies. That that Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. (laughs) (laughs) Trash. But yeah, uh, yeah, I just wish I felt the same way I felt after that first trailer. That I saw. Yeah, fair enough. Week. I myself, I'm very conflicted as to how I feel <clears throat> about this movie. Like, I'm sure I'll go see it because, I mean, I've never seen an indie movie in theaters yet. Yeah. I only recently saw the first three, like over the like a year plus ago of the first three. I never even bothered watching the fourth one. I just can't help but feel like, again, as cool as it may look in some parts, like I just don't. This is just a property that I feel like we should have let die. It's. I th- love James Mangold. I'm always excited to go see a James Mangold project. But again, like I was mentioning with that Star Wars movie he's now attached to, I'd rather just him be doing his own original work yeah. instead of getting suckered into a property like this. I'm not personally like that looking forward to like Phoebe, Phoebe Waller-Bridge's uh, uh, yeah. presence in the movie. I can't remember. Did she write? I, well, I can see if she wrote on this. I'm going to make sure before I say anything. I that, know she ha- I'll be more like hesitant if that's the case because I feel like if that is the case, we could just be looking at another Bond situation, sort of like situation with her. And I, I just feel like this trailer definitely is positioning her to kind of like take the mantle from Indy. And I just I don't want to see that happen. Like Indy is the man. It's his movie. He's yeah. seems like he's taking looks, a backseat to her. It looks like you might be okay. okay. But there are, okay. Like, there are th- four writers. <laughs> mm, uh, okay. Jez Betterworth, John Henry Betterworth, I guess even their brothers. Uh, David Cope and James Mangold also uh, contributed to the script. So that's okay. four. I always get I always get four. weird out when I see four screenwriters on the That's a lot of cooks in the kitchen. Yeah. I don't love that. I mean, I I'm glad she's not a writer. <laughs> I don't I don't want to feel like guilty for saying that. I just it's fine not to like someone's yeah. work in that regard. But anyway, but interested to see where all that goes. I gotta say though, I smiling with the song choice in that trailer. I'm a huge Rolling Stones yeah. fan, so. That- they led off with Sympathy for the Devil. That's a great song and very evocative of the time that this movie is going to be taking place in, like during the 60s. So that was a great choice. Love that. And then it devolves into the classic indie theme, which was awesome. So there's things about the trailer I liked. Again, there's definitely holding my breath for this one. I don't torn on what I'm expecting from it, but I think I would just be better off not having too many expectations and just see what we get by going in to see it. So interesting to say the least, So. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Of the trailers, this was my least uh, favorite of them, of the ones that we're covering. Okay. Uh, still looks like it can be fun, but I just like, I think that first sure. trailer, I think that first trailer sold it more, even though it didn't, even though it showed less, but like it's still. Uh, yeah. I was, I, I got more excited for it after that first trailer. Yeah. Actually, another point, speaking of seeing less, we do see a little more of Mads Mikkelsen's villain in this movie. I yeah. got to say, I'm very excited for him. I love him. I think he's a great casting choice for this movie. Can't wait to see him in a villain role. Yeah. He will be probably the main reason I'm going to see this movie, to tell you the truth. Dude, he's awesome. Did you, did you ever watch Hannibal on uh, the TV show? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. he finished like, it up like a year ago. Yeah. So yeah, I was, I mean, again, I was really sad when it got canceled, but I mean, at least we got like three 
three seasons of solid solid seasons it was so well done like you know it's it's interesting when they always tell you don't touch like don't touch like silence of the lambs like stuff like that it's perfect the way it is you know we all we we talked about it too with like psycho right like don't touch psycho like gus van zandt tried that didn't work out but then you get like tv shows like hannibal and then you get tv shows like base motel where it's like all right it's different enough where it makes it, it bite your tongue right yeah 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 so you're like all right still like respects like what came before it while just kind of right. like playing around in that same pond a bit and it works mm-hmm. uh, yeah that tv show right. is so good like from start to finish it he was fucking amazing on it so good one of my favorite a roles of his or anybody like it's hard to like count out anthony hopkins as the definitive handle actor, but i'd say mads mickelson does a damn good job fills uh, those shoes as good as anybody could have done, I think. And that movie, or sorry, show, probably has one of, if not my favorite production designs of any show that I've ever seen. Probably up there with Game of Thrones. Like, nice. it is a beautiful, yeah. insanely looking show. And some of the most grisly, fucked up things I've seen on a show or movie be, like, regardless And by the way, the this, on, this aired, I mean, I don't know how you originally first watched it. Uh, I I was a person for it. But when it aired, oh, okay. when it aired originally, it was on NBC, which is like network TV. And I was, but it Ooh, aired, wow. but, they, but they aired on like Saturday when nobody was watching it. So I guess like it made sense that they could do a lot more with right. that because I was like, I was like, they were doing this on network TV because some of it goes pretty far uh, a bit. Yeah. <laughs> some disturbing fucking stuff in that yeah, show. I agree. It's shot so well. It's like, it looks like a movie every episode. <laughs> it's like, so yep. yeah. Yeah. I still, yeah, I mean, there's, gem. there are people out there that still like, more season they're like come on give us one more season like figure it out because i'm happy with how it ended i am too yeah it was fine it in the way it probably should have and you don't really need any more of it but still fun show i miss it it was really good definitely yeah to answer your question yeah my buddy cam we watched that together and he had the seasons on dvd so we just watched it that way nice Uh, it's gonna be one i can't wait to pop those whenever i am walking by and seeing those i will definitely pick up that three series pack as soon as I see it, because that yep. show was fantastic and an easy watch. Uh, yeah, uh, it would definitely be a physical media one. I should, I should actually throw that on my mm-hmm. list. Of, like, yeah, big just in, just in case it like disappears from anything and I can't like watch it again. Exactly. Yeah. Right. That's, a, that's one to get for sure. Big time. Yeah, I was actually trying to find. Uh, went out today specifically for the purpose of finding Better Call Saul season two on Blu-ray. Couldn't find it. It wasn't at my local Walmart. It wasn't at my local movie store. And it wasn't at, uh, there's this great pawn shop that we have in Fredericton here <clears throat> that has a bunch of great DVD and Blu-rays and shows and stuff and wasn't there either. So, and I, it's been out of stock on Amazon as well. So I was about to say, I was, I was about to say, is it on Amazon? Yeah, no. Nah. Yeah. So I ended up luckily and I hope no one at Netflix is listening, <laughs> but so remember how I told you that the location thing had kicked in on my Netflix account. I didn't yeah. have it anymore. That was the case on my TV in my room where I tried to watch it, but I tried my Netflix on my living room TV and it let me sign into my parents today. So I was able to watch the first episode of season two of that. So I'm going to ride that out as long as I can until I can find season two. Back on the free Netflix train. Good for you. Good for you. (laughs) Yes. Probably not for much longer, but I'm going to ride it out as long as I get. Yeah. Uh, But final trailer was Ahsoka, which I don't know how much, I don't really know much about that show. This is the first that I had a look at it, but wanted well, to hear what you thought about that trailer. I, I liked the trailer a lot. It. And what's interesting, because yeah. I know this character was like a big part of like animated, I think, series uh, a while yes. back. And like very popular character. Is it Clone uh, Wars? Yeah, I believe so. And like very popular character. 
forgot the girl's name that does her voice that um a lot of people really didn't want her to play the live action version of her but a lot of other people were making all these like kind of artist like artist renderings of rosario dawson as his character because they were like i think that she looks the part and you know she she has thanked the fans for putting that energy out there you know like maybe mm-hmm. that is they saw that and they're like all right yeah you might be right right i i love rosario dawson i think she's a great actress like she's one of those people that like when she pops up in something is like a reliable presence like you just know like all right this Absolutely. might be pretty good uh, visually i think it looks great yeah and like i said when we were talking about star wars earlier the tv stuff has me just more intrigued than anything that they would offer with the movie right now and Definitely. i and i yeah i mean it wasn't thankfully it wasn't like a long trailer i mean and actually, we don't have like a premiere date it just says august uh, no exact like date in august yet where it comes out but I'm glad yeah. it wasn't like I thought it wasn't like too long. It was just just enough to kind of intrigue. Like I said, visually it looks awesome. It looks like there's gonna be some cool, fun set pieces. She looks great as a character. Yeah. I have to say, she does key, look great as a character. I have to say the key art that they released for the show as well. The poster, uh, just like an image of her face, is probably one of the best looking posters I've seen in like a long time. It's like really, really nice piece of key art. You can tell like you know they're going all out for it. I mean, I like I said, I'm excited for TV stuff more than the movie stuff and. I actually enjoyed, I enjoyed what I saw pretty much. Yeah. What about you? So I've not been like that immersed in like Star Wars stuff in a long time. I actually never was like, I watched the original trilogy until like probably my late teens. Didn't grow up as a Star Wars fan, but like was familiar enough with the property. I knew everybody and I'd seen the prequel series when I was young, probably didn't really have much of an opinion of them. So I wasn't like a Star Wars fan per se. Now I've come to love the original trilogy i'm due for a rewatch here soon of the sequels the prequels sorry god so again so getting into my point here is that i'm not that familiar with like star wars canon i didn't really have a lot of context or like knowledge of what i was looking at in that trailer but what i did glean from it is that it looks great it uh, tone of that show looks like it's in the right direction seems like it's going to be a little dark yeah. Rosario Dawson looks as good in that role as i think you could have found anybody to be in it she looks just like what i've seen from her character at least in the property so like i was pleasantly surprised with it i again i don't know that i'll see it i don't know how much faith i have again (laughs) trailers can be misleading all the time we've had dark in tone trailers that have not reflected the reality of the content of the show before and if i were my money on it i would say that this show could be guilty of that as well but for what it's worth trailer was was good i watched it at the gym earlier and uh, i was like damn okay that actually looks pretty sweet there's a Think they're introducing a couple new sith characters who look pretty badass her with her like uh, sabers white yeah they look white. Yeah, like yeah, yeah 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 i was like that's, that's pretty, cool, yeah. it looks like she's holding these glowing uh, white uh, <laughs> uh what, are, what am i looking for freezies that's what they're like <laughs> you right, know yeah, what i mean yeah yeah, yeah. Was, she had two of them i was like that's badass like she yeah. looks pretty sick so uh yeah no overall like good looking trailer don't know what will come of it but yeah it was I all right it looks pretty good Oh, uh, so I'm not going to spend too much time on this. I have to mention it because the late 90s person to me has to mention it. Uh, ah, okay. you know, one, of my, one of my friends would be upset if I did mention it because they were like excited about it. Uh, Cruel Intentions okay. is getting a TV adaptation. Uh, Cruel yes. Intentions uh, came out in 1999. Uh, Jackson, hopefully you'll still be doing this with me next year. Uh, movie turns oh. 20, That movie turns 25 uh, this March. Uh, and That'll be a great chance for me to see it for the first time. I've not seen it. Yeah, so, I mean, it was, that was, like, at peak, like, you know, this is, like, Sarah Michelle Gellar, Ryan Philippi, Reese Witherspoon, Reese, Reese Witherspoon and Ryan Philippi were, like, married at the time that they made this movie uh, together. Cool. Uh, Emma Blair is also in it. Uh, 
it's loose. It's based on Dangerous Liaisons, uh, which like involves and the and Cruel Intentions involves like a stepbrother and a sister, and they're both very rich and they go to this like Manhattan prep school. Uh, she gives off appearances that like you know she's a good girl because she's like head of her class and all that stuff, but she's not. She's 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 ruining lives all over the place. So Reese Witherspoon plays this is this girl Annette, and Annette is the new headmaster's daughter, and Catherine, who's played by Samuel Shogeller, bets Sebastian Ryan Filippi that he won't be able to take her virginity, and if he does take her virginity, he can sleep with her, sleep with Catherine, his stepsister, <coughs> or. Uh, or if he uh, loses, that she will get his prize 1956 Jaguar Roaster, uh, which means a lot to him. Uh, yeah, I imagine. It was a big hit in the late, well, 90s for a lot of us that were watching those movies then. They tried to do give it the TV treatment before. Uh, they, there was a show called Manchester Prep that was going to be on Fox that was like a prequel to it. Uh, Fox, okay. Fox scrapped it the last minute, but there were, and I, actually, Amy... Uh, Adams is in this is like pre like her being like a huge star. Uh, okay. They they had three episodes that they eventually turned into Cruel Intentions two to just like cut it into a movie, uh, to video. And there's also a Cruel mm-hmm. Intentions three straight to video. Uh, and then NBC actually ordered a pilot in 2016 for a sequel series to it with Sarah Michelle Gellar returning. Uh, it didn't get picked up though. So this is Amazon's okay. Amazon's behind this one. They've been trying to make it since 2021, and I guess they're finally going to move forward to with it. Straight to series order with eight episodes uh, so far. Okay, interesting. What do you think? So as someone who's seen the movie and, uh, you know, I've probably seen it multiple times, like, what do you feel about it getting the TV treatment, let alone that the property is being revisited? Like, what do you feel about the episodic well, sort of approach to it well, versus it's, the movie? It seems like they're taking the idea of the two step-siblings thing and, like, switching the world in which they live in, because, like, it says the series is set to follow two ruthless step siblings who would go to great lengths to stay on the top of the social pyramid. In this case, their focus is the Greek life hierarchy at an elite Washington, D.C. college instead of high school. After a brutal hazing incident threatens the entire system, they'll do anything to preserve their power and reputations, even attempt to seduce the daughter of the vice president of the United States. It sounds like they're going way out there okay. for, the, for this. I gotta but, say, I, it's simple and like it's fine the way it is. <laughs> uh, yeah, but this sounds like it's a little over the top. <laughs> a little bit. Oh, the <laughs> vice president's daughter. No, that's a little bit. Why not like have like the dean's daughter or something? You know, that that would have been great. Uh, I gotta say, I like the idea of the college setting versus high school. High school. Like I find modern, modern movie or contemporary high school settings, I find cringe as hell for the most part. But college, you know, it's yeah. not that far later in life. I think goes much farther than high school lets you yeah so i like that well we were talking 90s we were ta- is a different story 90s we were, we were talking story. about we were talking about wild things we were like oh yeah they were in high school in that movie like, you watch cruel intentions you forget you forget that they're like they, i think okay. they're seniors in high school and then like Oma blair's character is not even a senior i think she's like a sophomore or junior and definitely didn't look like either of them should be in high school no, but, probably not. But yeah, then you kind of forget because they're like drinking martinis and sipping on champagne. Like where they get it from or where they're buying it. Right. I suppose yeah, that's... when I when I watched Gossip Girl, like in high school in the first couple seasons, but they would go to like hotels on that show and order drinks. They like go and be like, oh, can I get like a dirty martini? Like you're 17. <laughs> like, yeah. Going? Like what? It's like you're they don't want to. They, they don't want to explain that in TV world. They're like, no, no, that's fine. 
they don't cars a thing. Right. You just gotta suspend your belief with that stuff. But uh, yeah. that, like these days, I find it's even harder to look beyond that than it is with like earlier shows or movies. I yeah. don't know why that phenomenon is or why I can't get around that. But maybe because I'm like just out of like I'm seven years removed from high school now, but through university and I just find it so much more believable. I just yeah remember what Riverdale was like very popular when I was like wrapping up high school early university. And I remember thinking like this is just so unbelievable because high school is just not like this. But I uh, find it, it's gotten worse as yeah, the years have yeah. gone on. So yeah. I like the college setting idea. That's going to be cool. I might actually, that might be worthwhile checking out. Yeah. And it's interesting to see these things being made as like episodic television now rather than like, I, I prefer sure. that with remake. this than just a remake, then remake the movie, which is itself a yeah. modern day remake of an over movie. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, <laughs> ah. yeah. So, okay. I, yeah. I, save that one to watch for that anniversary next year though because uh definitely interested in that one i don't know yeah. how i haven't come around to seeing it yet but I, I think it'd be one of the ones you would find fun in the same way that wild things is fun like it's just yeah it, and it, was it ever yeah <laughs> there you go too uh, so i guess <laughs> lastly we have a crazy box office and you know what i'm not i'm not even mad oh my that, God. i'm not even mad that i was wrong because this is just great to see families going back to the movies in the case of air it's good to see older the older skewing audience going movies yep uh, it's very exciting uh yeah uh, i 100 million dollar <laughs> prediction was very 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 wrong <laughs> well not even like not even in the three day the three day is like well well beyond that and the five day is okay, like so you have to break down all those so for us for sure the super mario brothers movie grossed 146.36 million dollars in three days so from friday to sunday but we must remember that it opened on wednesday to take advantage of the easter break and holiday uh, the okay. five the five day total is a record of 204.6 million in five days and then globally the opening comes in an incredible 377.2 million per estimate that is insane that's crazy the animated feature now kicks transformers revenge of the fallen's 200 million dollar wednesday to sunday opening to second place among five day u.s slash canada starts and then amongst and it's an animated record right yeah it's an animated record too yeah it's crazy holy smokes and then among easter weekend openings uh, super mario bros ranks third behind 2016's batman versus superman 181 million so they're talking about the three day and then 2015's right. Furious 7's uh, 161 huh. million. And yeah, like you said, the global opening is a record for an animated film. Uh, this is a case where like the critics and audience members are like at a complete disconnect because this has like a 56 or 54% on Rotten Tomatoes with the audience score is super high. And like it's in the 90s uh, at an A cinema score. Okay. Uh, I, I think this is just nostalgia for a lot of people that went to go see it. And then the younger generation loves it too. So right. there's that. I I can't help but feel critics, and this could be completely wrong. This is just my consensus: is that critics probably are comparing it to video game iterations and like comparing the characters, maybe to like how they've appeared on screen before the movie. Yeah, and maybe like audiences are just like not that critical about it and are just like looking at it objectively how fun it was and whatnot. That's just my guess, anyway. Is to explain that discrepancy between audience and critic reviews. Uh, having not seen it myself, uh, is definitely. Something that would push me more towards going to see it. Yeah, I Absolutely. guess so too. 
And here's another really fun, interesting fact. It says, in regards to U.S. and Canada admissions, Super Mario Brothers counts over 17 million for the five-day weekend. That means that it repped over 74% of the nation's overall movie-going foot traffic. That That is nuts. That is insane. Good for everyone involved in that because, like, when this got announced, it got so, so many people were like, "Oh, Chris Pratt's voicing Mario. Uh, gotta go see it." Uh, he's not. He's time. not Italian. Uh, well, no, I guess yeah. when it comes down to it, no one really cares, uh, and it <laughs> did incredibly well. So good. And for it's them. a Universal movie, right? Yeah, Universal. Another win for Universal. Big one for. Uh, also, I call this a win for Amazon. Air costs ninety million dollars to me. I'm just gonna preface that because that's a lot. Uh, or a movie like that and I, and I hear yeah. there's i hear there was also a 40 million dollar marketing spin on it as well uh, but it grossed 14.4 million over the three day i was so close with my okay. fif- with my 15 if we're yes. talking three day i was a little generous with 24 so but, i'm glad to see though that it's money yeah but the five day was 20.2 million uh, that's i mean i have to call that a win for a movie like this because it could have easily just gone amazon could have just easily taken it to prime video and not release it theatrically and i kind of right. think though the word of mouth is so good on this the reviews are so good that it could stick around yeah. and kind of hang out and you know still collect a little bit of money i could see it performing like the social network i think the social network tapped out at like 90 million dollars when it came out it get released oh, okay. in october. it got released in october of the year it came out but it seems to have like the same kind of vibe you know, that I think is okay, very similar to air. I uh, did want to mention this. Our friend Brittany, who actually used to be um, on uh, the podcast with us when we started, uh, actually sent me a message about air because she listened to one of our at- last episodes. And yes, she wanted to uh, clarify something, um, actually. So she was like, I listened back to the uh, your last episode. And I know I'm biased on air, but I think there's an important factor for you to, for you and Jackson to, to discuss on your next episode when you talk about the box office. So Artist Equity, it's the Ben's production company, is doing for the first something for the first time ever where if the movie does well and makes a profit, when the department heads will make more money instead of just their day rate pay. So it's allowing crew to be investors in the movie for the first time ever. So that's actually wow. a really cool thing. Uh, and then she also mentioned also, this is a first-time screenplay for the writer, and Matt and Ben gave him full credit. He is only 30 years old. So there is that. That's right, so, yes. So that, that is just so wholesome to see these Hollywood heavyweights just really uh, giving the credit to this up-and-comer, like someone that they were once upon a time. Uh, it's very wholesome to see that they had done that. I'm not surprised. Yeah. But uh, just yeah, really groundbreaking sort of uh, approach. I've never heard of, obviously, because it's the first time it's been done, but hadn't even ever considered like letting crew be investors in the movie that is like really really cool yeah uh, waiting for you to bring up me again i just want to give her a shout out because uh she had followed me and actually like very soon after i had joined the podcast in a permanent position had reached out to me and welcomed me aboard and you know, sent me some well wishes and that a long way i was very appreciative of that so thank you Brittany, if you're listening for having reached out uh, nice. a good friend of the podcast yeah it's really cool yeah, yeah that's i never cool. got a chance to bring it up earlier but yeah, yeah i know she wanted to be on uh tonight and i would have been cool for her to talk about this and i'll i'll explain more to her later. I, I already knew that we had like a packed uh, show and i knew it would be right. packed with three people talking about everything but i would love to have right. her on uh, to talk about some more stuff with you because that'd be really fun because she has like a lot of good a lot of good insight uh, that even you know i don't have and like you don't have so it's like really cool to listen to her right. break down Definitely. some of this stuff because i didn't even know that uh, about the situation with air so i thought that was 
interesting that she uh, was that and thank you for the yeah cool little tip uh that's box office yes. thing i want to mention really quick just because we're we are horror movie fans here uh scream yes. six like we said i mentioned that scream six was going to become the first scream since 1997 scream two to cross 100 million dollars domestically that happened on thursday but then over the weekend it's now the highest grossing scream film ever domestically okay with 103.8 million so far topping the 103 million domestic take of scream now if you adjust for inflation scream 1996 is still king but like you know in terms of, of terms of like hard numbers like this scream 6 is the highest grossing film of the franchise domestically well, and like congratulations likely, to that team yeah likely to tap out at like maybe 110 115 if it's lucky so that's pretty good um crazy that's how awesome. you could revive a franchise like that and have its six film do that <laughs> like I mean, <laughs> that's I'm, a great point and have we still not had a greenlit scream seven yet nope not yet i, I imagine wow, i imagine uh, when to get the creatives in place i know those directors are getting okay. kind of busy and i think you want to keep the radio silence guys i think you want to keep the same writers yeah you got to make sure general ortega is not busy <laughs> <laughs> that's a great point too <laughs> there's a lot of factors i think but i'm pretty sure we'll hear about it very very soon yeah i'm sure it's just you know a matter of time um, all right so last thing i guess is that field is premiering yeah. this weekend right so we want to predict yeah. box predict off that. that and i really don't How do you <laughs> what do we compare to right uh, what's a horror comedy comedy uh but a Nic- nick cage flick too <laughs> nicholas cage is you know it's gotten good reviews so far reviews are pretty solid i don't know if it yep. appeals to everyone is my one caveat here uh, i was wondering too what who the target audience for this movie is I guess uh, it's seems, <laughs> yeah i guess yeah movie lovers like nick yeah. cage fans horror comedy fans but it just seems so weird and different and wacky yeah. which i love but yeah. uh i don't know who would be going to see it i hope lots of people though i want it to do well i know i'm this is one that i'm definitely going to go out of my way to see for sure so yeah you can count me in that box office numbers yeah my brother wants to see uh, what are you thinking too you know okay, what yeah i feel i still feel like it's still kind of like a niche kind of audience thing and horror comedies are hard yeah to do uh, it seems really low but i'm gonna say 14 million i was gonna say 13 i'm gonna make it 14 okay damn so that's lower than i like was thinking but again i have no idea i don't have any sort of like educated yeah i was trying to think of what to compare it to and i can't think of i don't know what i think others other substantial release that it's going to be competing with i mean it'll still be competing with super mario bros no doubt yeah that, that's uh, definitely going to still be number one so that's uh, opening i want to go a little higher like i'm going to go with like 21 might be a little again oh, that's it. me high and oh the Pope's exorcist is coming out another horror film <laughs> with, oh, russell, with with, yeah, russell, yeah, with russell, weird russell crowe yeah two weird times and then the, the, the year and the next and then next out. week we have evil dead rise right right after the, the fall yeah movie. I, yeah, I guess like that makes sense because that uh, came out like the original, like they're probably yeah. sticking to that original movie's release schedule. But again, weird yeah. that the original Evil Dead came out in April as well. Uh, yeah, uh, that movie would definitely benefit from coming out in like September, October time. Yeah, but uh, I'm gonna go with 21 for Renfield. I'm hoping it does even more than that. I know I can't wait to go see it, so we will be chatting about that yeah. next week for uh, sure. See how it does. I'm sure Super Mario Bros. will probably have a second strong awesome. weekend as well. But yeah, I think yeah. so too. Uh, I feel bad going low, but you know, I'll be happy if you're right. Yeah, exactly. 
It's a holy shit, man. We made it through. That was a yeah. busy news yeah. week. Yes, but we got it. We did no it. No time for anything else. It was straight news the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Two hours. No, that no, was time great. For, no time for fun. I, I love when Hollywood gives us stuff to talk about. That yeah, yeah. Kind of made up for a lackluster week prior. So Yeah, great. That's good. All right, um, man. Said if we got everything, yeah, if we got everything out of the way, then uh, guys, if you're still listening, thank you so much for joining us in another weekly episode of Back to the Blockbuster. Uh, you guys can now consider yourselves up to date with all the news from Hollywood <laughs> for the last week. Uh, if you guys are listening, stay tuned for next week for our box office news and for all the news that we will cover. Uh, we also have an Evil Dead anniversary episode coming at you here soon, so pay attention for that drop. Uh, as always, thank you very much for listening. Uh, you guys know where to find us, but for those that are just joining, you guys can find us anywhere you guys get your podcasts, on Good Pods, on Apple, on Spotify, uh, Google Playlists as well. Thank you very much, guys, for listening. Gaius, as always, a pleasure talking movies with you, and I will see you shortly where we discuss The Evil Dead. All right. As see you soon.